Welcome everyone to Athena's Blueprint for Success. I'm Holly Smithson, Athena's CEO and your host for today. I am super excited to have in our studio, Molly Hill, who is the CEO of Element Biosciences. Uh, Molly, thanks so much for joining us and how are you? Good, well, thank you so much for having me. Well, I know you've been a little busy um, I think it was uh, this time last summer uh, that you successfully closed a $276 million Series C's funding. Um, so you have been one busy woman and congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. B busy is the right word. <laughs> so tell, tell our audience a little bit about your, uh, your background, um, uh, your PhD from UCLA uh, in biochemistry. Tell us a little bit about how you got introduced into the field of science uh, and then some of, the, uh, some of the milestones along your way before coming into the position as CEO. Thank you, Holly. Um, it's a long road and I, and I kind of review my uh, age a little bit here, but you know, I, I'm real, more than happy to share my journey. Um, I was born and raised in China um, I got my college education in biochemistry in China. And after that, you know, I was a little bit lost. I, I'm not your typical kind of, you know, I want to be a scientist when I grew up kind of person. I actually have been so searching, even during college, like, do I really want to do science? So I have all these kind of questions. And then, you know, at the end of my college days, I was still thinking like, okay, I'm still young, you know, I, I still can't figure it out what's going on. Let me just go explore. So that actually brought me to uh, UCLA because, you know, I was a biology major at that time. It was actually relatively easier to get scholarship. Um, so, you know, I went to UCLA and I said, okay, this is a good opportunity for me to see what's out there. Um, I had a very unusual kind of journey because, you know, like, like I said before, I came to explore. I did not think I will become actually a scientist or use science as in my career. So I explored many different uh, um, alternatives. I actually went to sit in the business school classes. I went to sit in medical school classes. Um, I even actually talked to law um, uh, professors like, hey, I wanted to figure out and you know what I want to do. And then something happened during my rotation in my first year. Um, I went into a lab, you know, with the same kind of um, exploring mentality. I, I told myself, hey, I wanted to explore DNA, I wanted to explore RNA, and also wanted to explore protein. So during my third uh, rotation lab, that's a protein lab, I actually got hooked on science for the first time. And that really kind of shows the importance of a mentor. Um, a good mentor can really not only teach you, you know, the textbook stuff, but also really teach you how to pursue your passion and instill that, instill that passion in you. And this is, you know, my, my biggest lesson um, I learned from UCLA and I owe so much to my, my advisor, Ronald Kaback. He, he just passed away about a couple of years ago, but he's, he's phenomenal mentor to me. Because of that, you know, I, I really got hooked into doing science, how 
exciting it is when you are the first person in the world to understand how this particular protein works at the molecular level. Um, so yeah, so I think I, I get hooked in science because that great mentor, um, you know, after that, um, I said, okay, I want to become a professor, just like my advisor. Um, then, I, you know, my advisor told me one thing, Ron told me one thing I thought was also really insightful that actually accompanied me, you know, throughout my career. He said, whatever options, choices you make, whatever decision you want to make, you always try your best to leave your options open, leave the flexibility. Um, so I thought that was really, really interesting because at that time, you know, you know, I, I was alone. I came here poor. I wanted to make money. Finally, I graduated. I want to make money. So I said, maybe I should go to industry, you know, to become a postdoc. And then, you know, I, I basically make more money. Then maybe I can go back to academia to become a professor. Um, but then my professor told me, well, it's harder for you to go to go come back to uh, academia if we go to industry. So, so basically I said, okay, now I wanted to leave my options open because I still don't know what I really want to do. So I went to academic lab to do my postdoc. And another advice he, he gave me was, it also accompanied me with, for a long time, is whenever you are pursuing uh, something passionate to you, you wanted to actually find the people who can guide you, actively reach out to find mentors. And these mentors, you know, you're looking for two qualities in them. One is they need to be smart. You know, everybody knows that you wanted to be a, around knowledgeable people so you can learn. And the other part, actually, a lot of people ignored probably or overlooked is that person really needs to be a genuinely good person. So smart and nice, a nice person, a good person, um, just you know, have a good soul in them. Um, so this actually carried through my entire career. And now you know, I'm at the stage to kind of give back. I always wanted to be the good soul so I can help people around me. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I share your um, your vision for um, aligning yourself with people that are just really just wholesome and good and solid. And in a world where we're just, you know, we're swimming in animosity, um, it seems like um, it is so rare and it is so um, powerful to be able to surround yourself with people um, that are committed, that are super brilliant. And we have a lot of them here in San Diego as yeah. a local STEM hub. Absolutely. Uh, so, but again, but your point is, you know, being focused and being disciplined and knowing what you need in order to get where you want to go uh, and be able to go out and look for that and then to cultivate the relationships that are necessary um, to maintain that, that uh, mentor-mentee relationship. And, and I love what you're uh, the first, the, the professor, keeping your options open. Yeah. And I will have to say from where I stand, looking at your career, going from obviously a scientist coming over to another country, um, going, starting off in your um, academic career in science and then going into 
uh, Illumina, a couple of other um, companies, then going into Illumina, the smartest company in the world, depending on what year it is. Um, and then um, going in to serve as a partner at a VC, uh, a venture capital firm, and yeah. then taking over the CEO role. You, by every measure, have been keeping all of your options on the table, and I commend you. Thank um, you. So if, so if your mentor was, is looking down, he will say, she certainly took my advice to heart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so all of those different experiences and all those different um, way stations along your, your route, uh, what would you say was the most, um, maybe where you, where you had the most growth, uh, mm -hmm. maybe where you had the biggest failure that turned out to be um, a silver lining? Yeah, that's really great question. I never thought about that way. Like, you know, what is your biggest um, uh, growth? What, what, where did you actually grow most? Um, I actually think I grow very differently in every single stage of my career. And I see every single stage in my career as a huge growth potential. Because like in my early career, you know, I was a scientist uh, at the bench. Um, I grow a lot in terms of, you know, teamwork, you know, because I, I realize like it's in the in industry, it's not like um, in academia, you know, usually you do PhD thesis by yourself with a little bit of help from others. But in, in, in a company industry, you just have to collaborate extensively because I think that is, you know, one of the biggest lessons I learned in my early stage in a, a career. Um, and then, you know, I, I learned there's a lot of trajectory growth curve on different areas, you know, as I progressing through my career. And the second piece is business savviness, right? Because it, it's really about how do you maximize science to contribute to the real world? And that's the practical piece that really guided me through my original dream of becoming a prof professor to actually come to industry, because I think that this is the piece that where I feel like um, the business piece is very, very attractive to me because you actually got to do something immediately impactful to people's life. Um, so, and, and then, you know, the, the VC piece, it, it taught me a whole bunch about investment and the financial side of things. It's completely different world, but I, I get to sit, you know, at the uh, other end of the table, um, that gives me very different perspectives, right? So I, I think all these are very valuable growth um, experiences I had, and now I'm connecting the dots, right? As the CEO of Element. And I think, you know, if I have to choose, I would say Element experience give me the most rapid growth, if you will, because I feel like I'm forced to, to grow so quickly uh, to go beyond, you know, all the th things that I've done in the past, because there's so, still so much unknown. Somebody, you know, said like, it's the knowledge base is like circle, right? That the more knowledge you have, the more unknowns you have. Um, so that's exactly what I'm facing right now. Um, yeah, so I, I think every stage give me different lessons and I, I'm connecting the dots right now. Well, I love for those in our audience that may be relating to you in a really big way saying, hey, there's Molly 
she was a scientist, she was on the bench, and then she found her way into the C-suite. And for those that are like, you know what? I actually am reevaluating how I wanna spend my talent, my time and my, my, my treasure. And I want to, it's lonely in the bench and I yeah. want to get into, <laughs> I want to get into the business side of, of science. And so that's why I was really, really pleased to, to have you come into our, our studio um, to share that, that journey. And it's really cool because as, as our audience listens to the, the very central pieces of business acumen, it's understanding the business case, right? It's, and it's not just, oh, I'm going to crush it in my swim lane. Yeah. That's not how you build a team. That's not how you build a high performance, you know, high output. That's not how you differentiate yourself from the competitor. And, and so few people, when we come out of academia, it literally is to have this domain expertise and have great pride of having that expertise. But if you're looking to actually have an impact on the enterprise level, to be able to move the needle in a material way, having that sort of 365 degree perspective, which is what you're, you're talking about uh, element gives you, that uh, rapid learning curve that you have to uh, flatten uh, yeah. is so important. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think I, I wanted to add, uh, you know, um, science education give me or, or anybody in STEM a, a solid foundation of understanding. In, and also the problem from solving. Like, I think, you know, I still see myself as a scientist at core and I don't want to lose that core. But at the same time, it's so important to have intellectual flexibility. That is to continue to learn, to be intellectually curious about things that's outside, you know, your, your uh, domain expertise, right? So I think, I think that's, that's really important. And, and it's, it's really interesting because what happens, and I love your example, is the circle of knowns gets bigger, the circle of unknowns gets even bigger. Mm-hmm. And, and some CEOs and some executives um, may not possess that level of humility and instead create some degree of um, hubris or arrogance. And that's when you actually hurt the company's performance and you hurt the overall morale uh, of a company yeah and there's a great deal of research from hbr and accenture um, around the the biggest ingredient for success is a high degree of humility and um the fact that you brought that out uh i i just i just wanted to sort of put a put a bow on that um yeah thank you for the comment (laughs) <laughs> and uh, so, so let's get into Element Biosciences. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Tell us about when you, okay, so you left the VC. Now you're coming in to take the helm. Now you've got an entirely different mandate in front of you and you have to have all the answers and you have to do it fast. You have to get funding. You have to execute. Talk a little bit about that transition for folks that may be a little intimidated um, so that you might um, clear the air on what that entails. Yeah. Um... I have to say, I never really purposefully planned I wanted to become a CEO of some company. And that's also very different from, you know, a lot of traditional stories like, hey, I wanted to grow up as a, as a CEO and that's my five-year plan to become CEO and never had that. You know, the, the thing is that I, I always um, kind of naturally fell into something 
And then I become so passionate about it. It's like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then, you know, once you get into that game, because, you know, I always want to do a good job, you know, whatever I touch on, I want to put in 100%, 120% energy to make sure it's going, to make sure my team is successful. And I, I can't make my team successful, successful if I'm not putting in the effort, 120%. So I, I think, you know, for one, I did not think, did not really plan for it, but now I'm doing it. You know, I, I really need to put in 120% effort. Um, so, so you, you asked about element, you know, it's not easy. And I, I tell that to our um, element coworkers and also tell people outside element as well, because this is a hard industry. Um, the science is, is so fascinating. The market is so mature. Um, the sequencing benefits, you know, healthcare tremendously thanks to Illumina's great work before educated. But at the same time, it's a mature market. Um, everybody is, you know, uh, aware of Illumina. Um, Illumina has 80 to 90% of the market. So to have a new um, technology in this kind of environment is extremely hard. It's hard work. Well, you know, you have to be innovative in the technology to meet unmet market needs. And also you need to be innovative in your business model. And also you need to be innovative in creating an experience that's different. Um, this is not for everybody. So that's, that's all I can say, you know, after how many years, five years being the CEO of the company, it's not for everyone. It's extremely hard work, but on the other side, it's extremely rewarding because you can know your hard work is becoming so impactful um, when the customers come up, you know, say, hey, wow, this is great data. And I'm able to do it in my own lab, on my own bench top, without, you know, outsourcing it to some other uh, factory. You know, that really is very gratifying to us. So we, we made a big difference. Yeah, the, the idea that you would, as you just said, you're um, in some respects going after, you know, it's the David and Goliath. And Element Biosciences wants to enter into a marketplace that has, as you said, a 90% stronghold by Illumina is by all accounts, bold. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, one, and so one would definitely expect that your comments would be, it's, it's, it's hard, it's not easy, it's not for the average bear. Um, so I respect that. But when I think about the scientists and the engineers and the biochemists and the gen all of those, all of the people in within this, this STEM ecosystem, they enter the field because they actually love the difficulty. They, yes. they relish the intensity and the complexity <laughs> and the, this is almost impossible uh, label that comes on much of the innovation that comes out of uh, Southern California. So I think you're, I think you're talking to the right audience when, uh, when you, when you just kind of disclaimer, this is, <laughs> this is not easy. Yeah. The fact that you had such a successful series C funding um, last June, 
um, is quite a testament to, to you and to the executive leadership team, to the vision. Um, so that, that is not lost on me um, in the least. I wanna, I wanna ask and put a sort of bow on our, our conversations, if we will, and talk about um, if you were talking to, let's assume in our audience, we have some folks that are in the aspiring leaders bucket or even some that are mm -hmm. contemplating doing a pivot and saying, I wanna do something more audacious. I wanna be like Molly. If Molly can do it and she started up as a scientist, I can too. I would like for you to give those listeners um, three pieces of advice um, mm -hmm. for people that are looking to pivot or those that are actually just starting off in their journey. And if somebody had gotten your ear some odd years ago and had told you these things in advance, what a difference it might make on your journey, what would that, what would those pieces of advice be? Yeah, um, I, I, I think I touch, we touch a little bit on that topic that is actively seeking out mentors who've done this before or who you know are more knowledgeable in certain fields, everybody can be your teacher. So everybody around you, you can learn something from them. I, I think that's kind of really, really important, you know, have that humility to reach out and to ask for help, to ask for advice. So that's the first one. The second one is be very authentic. Embrace authenticity. I, I think that actually um, tells, you know, follow our heart, right? So to be our own authentic self. And sometimes you may find that the options or choice you made may not be your, your authentic self. It may be driven by some other more uh, material things. For example, you have to look in your core, what really makes you happy? What makes you passionate you know, about that thing? So that, that's really important. Embrace authenticity, be authentic, to yourself. And another thing I think I also touched a little bit on that is intellectual flexibility. We don't wanna be rigid. We don't wanna be uh, stubborn. There's certain things, you know, uh, it will change. And we wanted to have that flexibility to learn, flexibility to continue to improve ourselves. And I think there's a, a very famous book about growth mindset, right? So we have to be in that kind of growth mindset all the time, all the time, even when you're 90 years old, you still need to have that mindset. That's actually the source of happiness because you're constantly learning. I, I think that is very sound advice. And given the track record that you uh, have demonstrated, uh, I think we I think we would all be wise to follow, uh, follow your playbook. There's a famous saying or proverb that says, um, uh, your advice reminds me of uh, when the student is ready, the master will appear. Yes. And if you're not a lifelong student, if you're not humble, if you're not intellectually flexible, then the teacher will never appear. Yeah. Right. And That's then you're right. Always staying static in your um, uh, your expertise. So that is fabulous. And I, I really appreciate that. And it's clearly working for you. Uh, so I hope everybody in our audience uh, can take note and make sure that those are some pretty uh, essential elements as they um, chart their path or consider a pivot in their career. Um, so with that, I want to say thank you uh, very much, Molly, for coming in and sharing 
uh, in a very personal way, uh, very authentic um, way, your journey. And we're going to continue to watch you because the things that you're doing in Element are very, very impressive. Uh, I admire your ethic, your vision, uh, your boldness. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to put all my money on you. I'm betting on the, I'm betting on the <laughs> element horse. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. That's a huge endorsement coming from you. And uh, I want to say this is only the beginning. And, and I wouldn't claim success just yet, but this is the beginning of element and um, our journey towards a better healthcare system. So thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Molly. And that wraps up this edition of Athena's Blueprint for Success. And I want to acknowledge our partners, uh, San Diego Gas and Electric, uh, who supports this, this podcast uh, in, in alignment with their um, hashtag Be That Girl campaign, where we put a spotlight on women like Molly so that we can inspire other women to follow in their steps. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.